Hi, it's Lisa. Welcome back to The Healing Path, a podcast created to connect our broken hearts as we journey into honest conversations about grief and loss. Following the deaths of two of my children, I struggled for many years to fill the holes in my heart. I tried everything, prayer, meditation, therapy, coaching, reading, journaling, you name it, plus a couple of less productive approaches. After two decades of coming up short, I realized I was focusing on the wrong thing. Instead of trying to fill those holes, I have learned that building a life around them is a much more worthy goal. A major part of this approach is talking openly about what my grief is like instead of keeping it to myself. With this newfound permission to let all the parts of me be here, I feel more human and less like a robot on autopilot. So I created the Healing Path podcast with a sincere hope that sharing our stories in a compassionate environment will help us to stop working so hard to hide our scars from the world and start wearing them proudly as the medals of love that they are. So thank you for joining this episode of The Healing Path. Today, I'm chatting about a post I called, What Do I Need? Several years ago, I was driving to my office in Washington, D.C. It was one of those mornings where everything seemed to be a challenge. There were accidents, roadblocks, tons of traffic, and the commute was tense. I was becoming increasingly stressed as my ETA grew later and later. Once in the city, the roads were congested. It seemed like every turn I made, I was forced to go in a direction that was away from where I needed to be. I noticed an increased police presence and lots of sirens and lights as I got closer to my building. As my frustration grew, my physiology started running away with me. My body felt tense, my heart was racing, and my blood pressure soaring. But I was determined to get there. Not because I had a specific client or internal meeting or any exact reason for being there. It was just a regular work day with a start time getting pushed later and later. At some point, I started to cry. I had no idea where the tears were coming from. But before long, I was in a full-out crying fit that I couldn't control. I was overwhelmed, completely frustrated, and finally succumbed to the obvious fact that I couldn't get anywhere near where I parentheses thought I needed to be and pointed my vehicle in the fastest direction back out of the city. As I drove north, sobbing on that Tuesday morning and trying to catch my breath, I had some pretty good narratives brewing in my storytelling brain. Like, you know you should have taken the metro. Don't you ever learn? Who can't get to work on time? You're setting a terrible example for your team. In fact, maybe you shouldn't even have a team if you can't use better judgment and get to work on time. On and on and on with the self-flagellation, my mind continued until I was back up in the general vicinity of my home 
and another office location we had nearby. I guess I was probably planning to set up at the local office and run my day from there. But I couldn't go in. My face was red and puffy. I felt absolutely exhausted and drained. The word vacant feels best describes my state in that moment. I sat in the parking lot and pondered what to do. Although a new approach for me, I remembered reading something somewhere about self-inquiry. I'd heard about the value of getting curious about our own reactions to things. For a moment, just a moment, I stopped judging myself and feeling completely useless long enough to ask this simple, compassionate question. What do I need right now? Answers quickly emerged, surprisingly. Food. (laughs) Who knew? Food. I need a hot meal. I need to go back to bed. I need to take the day off. I drove to a local diner and ate an omelet. I literally cried as I ate, trying to conceal the tears as they kept streaming out of the corners of my eyes. I felt so alone and completely unseen. I let my boss know that I couldn't work that day and went home and slept. When I was able to get past the self-incrimination, I actually got some much-needed rest. When I woke up calm and quietly, it dawned on me that it was September and the date was nearing the anniversary of my daughter dying. I attributed my mini-breakdown to grief I was resisting, and I wasn't wrong. As I often say, I have to handle my grief or it will handle me. But there was more at play here. I was more than a mom with a broken heart. I was a woman who was not taking care of herself. I was a robot on rote routine and schedule. I had no self-compassion. The reason I felt alone and unseen is that I was not seeing myself. As I have continued down this unworn path of self-inquiry for many years now, I have noticed my habit of not living in my own body. I've had so many responsibilities, the least of which were not taking care of Zach and all of his many special needs, be them medical, educational, or just plain safety. I always thought eventually I'd get to sit down, eat, and rest, and I would just keep moving forward until that day or week or month or year came. On that particular Tuesday that I had to reroute myself from a work day to a self-care day, I was learning about self-inquiry. The rest didn't come until I was completely paralyzed. I remember one evening wanting to drive off of the highway, thinking something along the lines of how much sleep I could get if I was admitted to the hospital. 
This may all seem a bit extreme and maybe even exaggerated, but it is not. I operated on autopilot for years, and the only times I was forced to acknowledge the dangers of this lifestyle were when I would fall apart. Unfortunately, I developed a high tolerance for stress, so the breakdowns were rare, and I would say I was a bit of a late bloomer when it came to self-care. One of the kindest things we can do for ourselves is to ask the question, what do I need? And ideally, this should be a daily inquiry, not one saved up for times of disaster. Since that fateful day many years ago, I can say that I do ask myself this every day. Now that I see myself Instead of acting like I don't exist, but for the fulfillment of the needs of those around me, I feel seen. Now that I acknowledge that I have needs and work to meet them, I don't have to wait until I am so stressed that I want to drive off of the road or have to cry (laughs) through an omelet before knowing that I matter. Now that I see myself, I feel seen by all. I don't white-knuckle my way through days, weeks, and months at a time, holding on for dear life that one of these days I will get to take care of myself. On the contrary, I've spent time figuring out what my needs actually are and meet them first before caring for others which is possible most days. Next time you feel off kilter, distracted, antsy, or ill at ease, try to pause and ask yourself, what do I need? You may not like the answer. but we are the only ones who can respond honestly to ourselves. When the answers come, we need to act on them and not wait until the levy breaks before showing up for ourselves, at least as fully as we do for those around us. And sprinkling in a little extra TLC for ourselves is even better. So I feel like um, in reading this post into the podcast, I'm literally reliving that Tuesday morning. It was so terrible. Um, I remember getting to that diner. I remember the exact booth that I sat in and the window it faced and where I sat and just literally crying and and trying to eat and... um, thinking I shouldn't have ordered a Diet Coke because I don't need any caffeine right now. But anyway, um, yeah, it's it's a serious thing when we don't put our own needs at least as high as those around us. And truly, they need to be a little bit higher. Because if we're not feeding ourselves with nourishment, whatever that means to each of us, and it's going to be possibly 
similar and possibly also different for everyone. If we don't feed ourselves, we have nothing to give. And we think we're doing everyone a favor by showing up and showing up and doing all the things that we do. But what no one realizes, and we least of all realize, is that we rob everyone, including ourselves, when we don't prioritize our self-care. So what do I need? Write it down, put it on a (laughs) post-it, text it to yourself, read it into your alarm in the morning, uh, or use it as a, a way to break up your day in the afternoon. Ask yourself, and if you're not used to asking yourself this question, which I can really, truly, totally relate to, it may seem awkward at first and you may not get an answer right away, but I promise you, if you are sincere about wanting to hear what it is that you need, you're going to hear that loudly and clearly. So thank you so much for joining this episode of The Healing Path. I am so honored to be able to share some of my experiences with the hope that they may resonate with someone else who's had something similar. Um, I feel like self-care is the number one reason that I'm actually still around and I feel called to share that with all of you. So I hope it resonates. And until next time, stay present, stay grateful, and stay healing. And thanks so much for listening.